Welcome to In 10, brought to you by the DART Centre for Journalism and Trauma, Asia Pacific. In 10 is a podcast for journalists, journalism educators and researchers and health professionals dedicated to improving media coverage of trauma, conflict and tragedy. We're excited to bring you the first series of the podcast, hosted by Lisa Miller. Lisa is co-host of the ABC's News Breakfast program and was a foreign correspondent for the ABC in Washington, D.C. for three years, covering major stories in Asia, London and America, including the 2005 Bali bombing and the controversial hanging of an Australian drug runner in Singapore. In this first series of In 10, Lisa chats with fellow journalists about their experiences covering trauma and conflict. Alex Wake, welcome to In 10. Hi. Give me a little snapshot of your career. How have you spent most of it? I started as a cadet journalist at the Rockhampton Morning Bulletin as a 17-year-old. And in the very first week I became a journalist, there was a terrible mining disaster at a small town called Maura. And the very first story I ever wrote was putting numbers into a computer on how much was being raised for the families of the miners who who had died. So, yeah, so there I was, 17, all of a sudden in the middle of, you know, one of the most traumatic stories of the time in a little country newspaper. I spent a good seven years working in uh, regional Queensland in newspapers in Rockhampton and Mackay and then with the ABC in Rockhampton. I also travelled overseas and worked for what I call a tits and bums tabloid in Ireland. It was a little bit of a shock to the system for a country girl to suddenly be working in a paper where they really did have page three girls and stories were literally made up. So I worked overseas in Ireland at the at this you know tits and bums newspaper, which which was fantastic, and I learned a lot there. We were doing stories about the IRA, and I had to you know knock on doors and and get stories. And you know when I was there, an Australian soldier had been killed in Germany, and people literally knowing that I was Australian would stop me in the street and sort of you know say how terrible it had been. So there was a lot of sort of trauma work there. And then I was the news editor for the ABC in central Queensland again for about four or five years before moving to the ABC newsroom in Brisbane, where I also had a training role and I travelled around the state talking to journalists about various things that they were, they were doing. So all up, you know, sort of in domestic news about 15 years. And then after a small stint teaching overseas in the Middle East, I came back to Australia and started working at ABC Radio Australia, the international broadcaster. And with that, was working on some of the biggest stories of our time, Myanmar, Fiji, the coups in Fiji, tsunamis. Yeah, so I've done lots of of things, but, you know... And now an educator. And now an educator. And becoming an educator was an interesting move in itself. I, I spent three years as a press secretary, for a government minister, an education minister, and then the environment minister. And uh, there was one story there that sort of did me in, which was a small child being attacked and killed by a dingo on Fraser Island. And the international media around that was intense. But the just the horror of a family losing a child and trying to talk about it and get the minister to talk about it and 
And also, you know, dingoes are um, Australian animals and deserve to be protected. But yeah, that was that was quite a story. So anyway, I became an educator because I wanted to improve journalism. I found as a press secretary that journalists often asked the wrong questions. I had a pile of stories that were sitting on my desk that if anyone had ever asked about, I would have told them about, but I never got asked the questions. I never needed to lie in my job because the questions weren't asked. So one of the things I've been determined to do as an educator is to try to teach students what questions they can or should be asking, particularly follow-up questions, but also to protect themselves because I want I want young people to have this as a long career and to have it as a long career, you have to look after yourself and that's mentally and physically. I imagine as a 17-year-old doing that early story about the mind deaths, that it probably never crossed your mind the impact that your work might end up having on you. I think that working in a country town and knowing the people that you're reporting on and coming across accidents long before emergency services do, and yeah, literally reporting on the people you know, people you grew up with, your parents, friends, your your friends, you know, your best friend's fiance in a car accident, dying, you know, those kinds of things. You have no idea the impact that it's going to have, and it does, you know, it, and it does. They stay with you. What do you reckon you've learned over the years about trauma and the impact it can have on us? What I try to teach the students is to acknowledge and know that you are going to go to stories that are going to be traumatic and that you need to have already built in habits to your life which will help you when the situation turns bad. So that's things, you know, and, you know, I say do do as I say, not as I did. I mean, I was about exercising and healthy eating and finding friends outside the profession who can ground you. These days I actually seek out friends who aren't journalists in a way that when I was working in news, you know, I just, I just didn't even realise how important it was to have people, um, different kinds of people in your life. Yeah, so I, I say join the sporting club, um, do exercise, do all of those kinds of things and find good supports in a community around you. I think that's one of the major things that I've, I've learnt over the period and, and try to instill in the students. What would be your tip then for bosses and organisations who are trying to take this a bit more seriously these days? You know, the lovely thing about young people is that they won't put up with the kind of conditions that you and I did when we started. I mean, we would just go, yes, sir, no, sir, off we'd go and we, we would do the stories, we'd knock on the doors, we would, you know, you just didn't even think that you could say no to a story. These days, young people are much more forthright in their views about that. And I think that, I think that's really, really good. But I also think that it's really important that young people understand that telling people stories is also really important. And it might be upsetting for us as reporters to to cover some of these, the greatest stories of our time, but someone needs to do it and to, to you know, someone needs to be in Ukraine. You know, someone needs to be there to, to bear witness. 
And what a great honour it is to do that kind of reporting, to be able to tell those stories and, you know, to be there. You know, I was just reading about Sean uh, Rubenstein Dunlop's work in the, in the Ukraine and just thinking what a marvellous young man he is to be there and to bear witness and to to bring it into a, a situation where as, as people we can understand it, you know, sitting here. Your insight is terrific because you've been on both sides of the fence as a journalist, as an educator, as a press secretary. Given all of that, why do you think it's important to have an organisation like the DART Centre for Journalism and Trauma? There's not a lot of people out there who understand the work of journalism. There's not a lot of people out there who value it right now. When you say you're a journalist, um, when I started as a 17-year-old, people, you know, I know they used to say we were like used car salesmen, but I only ever got pride in my job. When I told people I was with the ABC, they would say, you know, what a wonderful place to work. And, it, you know, it was really a matter of pride to say I was a journalist. That certainly doesn't exist anymore. So to have something like DART, where there are people who understand the work, understand the value of the work, who can provide support for for us in our most darkest hours <laughs> and in some of our lighter times as well. I cannot more highly recommend the Dart Centre and what it does. Alex Wake, thanks for joining us on In 10. You are welcome. Welcome.